Hey everybody, welcome to I'm Not Crying, You're Crying Reviews, and on this episode we're reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I am here with the usual suspects, Jay. Hi everybody. Juan. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks man. Everybody. (laughs) And I'm Sean, and this is our theme music. everybody welcome back to i'm not crying you're crying reviews and like i said we're reviewing guardians of the galaxy volume three as is per usual in our reviews i assume that we all have seen it with the exception of juan juan is that still true your mom ah yes the old classic response of my mother so yes no we all know i haven't seen it dude like okay why thank you for answering the question i asked originally all right and with that said that means that jay you've seen it yes i have oh thank you for being a great and 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 your and your mom oh and my mother (laughs) you've seen the movie and my mom was it at the same time because because i think she said she had a night out the other night no that's not funny dude you shouldn't talk shit right about your mom uh all right well well jay thank you for being um a prepared and b thanks for taking out my mom and c uh, thank you for being more prepared, as per usual, than Juan. I appreciate that. Well, if you guys would stop doing fucking reviews of shit I haven't seen, then we would be fine. What What have you seen? <laughs> Your mom. Oh, I miss her. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. But no, Juan, what have you seen? Uh, Mario yeah. Brothers. You barely, you had like two minutes of audio on that review. It's actually the Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, dumbass. And, uh, there that's we ha- right. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry, Jay. Fucking uncultured swine over there. Can't get shit right. Well, Juan, since I know you haven't seen the movie and Jay and I have seen the movie, uh, I'll let the audience know that from this moment on, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, stop the podcast, go watch it, or wait for it to come on Disney Plus and then come back to this podcast. Um, Because now we're going to talk about it with all the spoilers included. All the spoilers included. Juan, are you ready to not know what the fuck is going on for the next 45 minutes? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's. I'm stoked. Let's bring <laughs> Thanks, it on. Hey. <laughs> hey, let's do it. Hey, I'm excited. Fuck Rocket Raccoon. Wow. Might be racist against animals. But, uh, all right. So we're reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, Juan, have you seen the other uh, Guardians of the Galaxies Volume 1 and 2? I, I believe I have. But when I was watching the video that you sent me, I'm like, shit have i (laughs) well uh like i they've been in so many fucking movies like am i confusing one of the fucking avenger movies or one of the infinity war movies with a guardians galaxy movie like yeah fuck it i i don't remember like i don't remember them teasing the villain that doesn't get that much airtime i have no yeah i have no clue what you're talking (laughs) about but uh so you have or have not seen volumes one and two great um well you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, one of the most beloved franchises of the movie. It's directed by James Gunn. Um, the audience score from Rotten Tomatoes is 82% for Volume 3. And the, uh, I'm sorry, the critic score is 82%, but the audience score is 94%. Um, and like I said, it's directed by James Gunn. And he's directed all three of the Guardians films at this point. And this, I think, was his last one, um, unless they offer him more money. Um and it stars, as all the others have, uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill or Star-Lord, uh, Zoe Zaladana as Gamora, Dave Bautista uh, as Drax the Destroyer, 
Karen Gillian as Nebula, who I don't think was necessarily in the main cast for the first two, but um, but after she, she wasn't she, uh, she a villain well, in the first two. She was in I think partially in part one, but I feel like anyway. Um, Palm and I'm gonna fuck up her last name, but the woman that plays Mantis, her name is Palm something Palm Clementifa. Yeah, <laughs> but she's the, girl, the woman that plays Mantis, uh, and then Vin Diesel as the voice of Groot, and uh, of course, I am Groot. Uh, yes, that's his own his his one word, and then of course, you know, has other. Um, you you know, they give him a script of what he's supposed to be saying when he says so, "I am Groot," so he could add some emotion to it, but. He's a fucking robot, so he does it. Thank you, Jarvis. Did you just also mention Bradley Cooper playing Rocket Raccoon? I, I was just going to, but then fucking Jarvis interrupted me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but of course, uh, it stars Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon and uh, returning again as Craglin, uh, uh Sean Gunn, which is you know James Gunn's brother. Uh, and then, um, and I, I can't, I can't even pronounce this guy's name. I, this is gonna be the second time I'm fucking up his name during one of our reviews because we we did it during Peacemaker. Uh, this is Chuwudi Chuwudi Iwuji. I don't, <laughs> I don't. Uh, but he's the guy that played the High Evolutionary. And then lastly, uh, I think the the last person I, I need to name here is uh, Will Poulter, who you may recognize from uh, We Are the Millers. Uh, and that eyebrow guy on on Google, I think. Anywho, that's everybody that's in this movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, so Jay, I mean, I'll just start. I'll ask. You know, what are three things you did not like about this movie? Did you even like the movie at all? I I loved it. It's probably my favorite out of the three Guardians really? movies. <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. Um, now, can you tell me three things you did not like about this movie? And Juan, I want you to think about three questions you have about the movie, so maybe we can answer them. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. I, you know, and honestly, it's really tough to kind of name three things that I disliked about this movie because I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I'd probably have to say that they didn't give uh, um, Adam Warlock a lot of things to do in this movie. He was just kind of like there. Uh, I don't know. And, and then the... There was so there's just so many characters that the, you just can't focus on on any of them, um, like as much as you'd like because there are, a lot of the characters are really likable and they tried their best to kind of give everyone an arc, but then there's just there's some characters that kind of like they they were just like kind of held to the sidelines for a little bit. Yeah, I, um, I, I would agree. I think um, Adam Warlock had a lot to do and uh, a lot of characters. Uh, but personally, I feel like there's a lot of characters. They all had something to do, but none of it. Uh, but like, not all of it tracked back to the main to the main story, like the thing that we were that we cared about. I think in this movie, yeah. And um, I mean, the main focus was was mostly Rocket, which I, I enjoyed the backstory. Uh, well, <laughs> I think I think the one thing I I wouldn't say it's something I disliked about it, but there was just. There's just scenes in the movie where, for me, it was really hard to kind of watch. Really? Did you cry during this movie? I did. Really? Yeah. I Pansy. Feel like a fucking robot. Because I didn't. I didn't once think to cry at all during this movie. Uh, there, there was just so many moments where, especially with like Rocket's backstory, like I didn't. It, it, it's so crazy that I I was like tearing up over like a scene where these animals were like having a moment, and I'm like. 
<laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so for me, you know, the the one thing you hadn't mentioned is that like the way the movie was cut, I think it it was it was cut in the re- the reverse of what I would have liked. So like, if this was a Guardians movie in the sense of like the dynamic between all the the characters and the comedy that ensued from that, but it had a very serious through line, you know, like a very like emotional through line. And so like as I watched this movie, the thing that um, and I, I don't know how best to describe it, but because it wasn't necessarily undercut by comedy. It was just like having these like really serious blocks then like take place after or before these like goofy blocks. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, a prime example kind of like somewhere near like the third act of the movie. Uh, you know, they're in this alien counter earth, counter earth and Star Lord and Drax and Nebula and like, um, uh, Gamora or so, so they're all at this table having a fucking full-blown argument trying to save Rocket and and then like meanwhile like Rocket is being tossed around like a rag doll you know as like Gamora tries to to get him off of the exploding ship and I was just like why is this goofy thing happening in the middle of this very serious thing uh, like happening on the other side and it just it felt very Thor Ragnar not Ragnaroki Thor Love and Thundery where like all, some of the most serious scenes were under undercut with comedy wasn't uh Ragnar Ragnar <laughs> yeah the Ragnar movie um, absolutely what wasn't that very comedy as well yeah Thor Ragnarok and yeah and Love and Thunder were comedy driven, but more more so with like Love and Thunder than Ragnarok because Ragnarok had some uh some really great character moments where they they developed as characters, whereas like Thor Love and Thunder they didn't do that as much. It was more about kind of the jokes. But I I felt like even even in this movie where there was there was a lot of humor in it, it, it wasn't as prominent as like the other Guardians movies. Like they let a lot of like the serious moments play out. I just yeah, but then like I just feel like there was they were always bookended by like something really goofy, you know, like you know, and 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 I know that like uh I, and I know that like that's part of the Guardians like deal. They deal with all this, this serious stuff while like kind of joking and bantering and stuff like that. But it was just like you know I don't know I felt like Rocket. Hey, first of all, I thought we were gonna get Rocket's backstory through like a series of exposition, you know, just in general through the MCU, like not. Not a, a movie focused around it, uh, and not that not that it was a bad thing, but like it's it's almost like they tried to do that thing that they did with Spider Man, uh, No Way Home, or right the la- the mo- the last one where you get to this last movie and you realize, oh wait, these three movies was his origin story, you know? And I feel like in this one you're like, oh shit, was this movie about Rocket the whole time? Because we open the first movie opens on Peter Quill, Star Lord, you know what I mean? And so like to have this to have this movie focus on rocket the way that it did it just it i felt like it was them going it was about rocket the whole time and you didn't even know it you know i mean it, it it's not a bad thing it's like rocket is probably one of the more intriguing characters in the the guardians you know but did he deserve well, it the, the thing movie? is the, the thing is movie it want the, it it works <laughs> it works like like whether it's, he deserves it or not <laughs> so i have a question um do you think that rocket raccoon always was intended to have um its own movie and that's why you had such a big star like bradley cooper play him or do you think that bradley cooper just signed up for it because it was a fun little movie and then eventually disney went fuck we have we're paying this asshole so much money we might as well give him a a full movie well i mean i i think james gunn had uh plans for the rocket raccoon character and 
Adam Sandler was almost cast as the voice of Rocket Raccoon. So, oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> can you? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Adam Sandler, but uh, I don't know if that would have been the right casting choice. I I don't think it would have been a bad choice, but I I do enjoy Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Um. And then to answer your question, Juan, uh, you know, I I James Gunn had did have plans for for Rocket beyond beyond the movies. I think he, I think he's mentioned that he was planning a tv show with rocket and Groot to explain their their backstory and i think just the way it all played out and I, if anything i think james gunn played it very safe like thinking well if volume the if people because you have to remember like when he wrote and directed volume one people were like what what the fuck is this so he introduced like the mcu to like characters no one had anything about and so and i actually wanted to ask jay did you before this and i think yeah i, I know you like you, you re- listen to comics or but, read comics uh, a little bit um did you hear of the high evolutionary before listen yeah, yeah, to sorry. comics I, you know, did, you, did you hear of the high evolutionary before you had went into this movie or is this character completely new and drawn out for you i had no idea uh, this character existed um and when i watched the the movie this this whole this character this villain was so new uh but he was really he was one of the better mcu villains <laughs> you, you you think so I, you know, um, so before I was introduced to the movie, I had very little knowledge of like the high evolutionary. Uh, They, they um, tout him as someone who like, who was almost omnipotent in power, you know, like from the comic book stuff. So I feel like he's a little stripped down here, but I think, I feel like he had to be. And then my, my, um, my next second question for you, Jay, is it Adam Warlock? So what what is your familiarity with Adam Warlock? I, I didn't know who Adam Warlock was and like, (laughs) I had no idea, and then um, they explained a little bit of it, where the high evolutionary was the one that created Adam Warlock. He created that whole gold, yeah, gold people. Yeah, he, yeah, he created the sovereign. Which you know, um, and then when you kind of hear the so the high evolutionary's journey here is that he's trying to create a perfect civilization, and then you then you like realize that when you meet the sovereign in part two. And volume two, that they are supposed to be this perfect, genetically perfect society. And you go, oh, shit, okay, it all makes sense that he made these people on a quest. You know, and there's parts of the, the I think they even mentioned in, in the movie, like, like there's civilizations and parts of the galaxy that revere him as God because he created their civilization. So I'm very curious what other civilizations he had, he has created that we didn't get to see, Um, you know, like just, just in general in the MCU. And like how many people are going to be upset that they were just killed by, he was killed by like a bunch of dudes, you know what I mean? Like in a spaceship or some shit like that. Um, Juan, are these two names familiar to you at all? No, no. In fact, uh, who was the villain in uh, the movie? The High Evolutionary or Chudawick Bone. Is that the one that they, is that the one that they, uh, teased in the second movie who did they tease in the second movie uh i, I guess at the end of the second movie they teased uh the upcoming villain was it the high listen i'm going off the video you sent me and they were making fun of the fact that they were gonna circle the movie around rocket raccoon even though they had teased this other villain but then they made that villain hurt Rocket Raccoon. But it turns out that villain's the one that created Rocket Raccoon. Well, I mean, Rocket has always been a creation uh, uh, of the High Evolutionary. Uh, they changed some stuff for the movie for, I think, simplicity's sake. But anywho, um, so the, those, and I can't remember how the movie opens, but I feel like you learn a lot about the Guardians uh, when the movie starts. Uh, first of all, I feel like this movie didn't really care if you hadn't kept up with the rest of the MCU. There were like very little moments of like exposition that explained some stuff. But like if you had never seen uh, Endgame, 
Infinity War, uh, the Christmas special, even like oh, I forgot there was yeah, a Christmas special, like, vo- like volume two, because you have to like we we end up on nowhere. Um, the Guardians own nowhere now. Last time nowhere was owned by the collector. You know they bought it from him after the events of the Christmas special. Um, Nebula is like night and day a different person. Gamora is a different person. So like if you're watching this movie and you just jumped in, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you 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 got some catching up to do. Um, did you guys think that they you think that was a smart choice or a, a bad choice? A smart choice for him to approach it that way, Jay. Um. Well, yeah, because like uh, the Guardians movies. Aside from like the MCU stuff, it's kind of a it's stand it's a good it's a good standalone film, you know. They are they 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 are they are they are. I just you know for example um uh for example during a Christmas special and I didn't realize this and my wife had pointed it out to me uh she like you know Nebula went through a lot because she got she got uh Rocket uh Bucky's arm you know because he was like yeah. I want that arm and she got him his arm and I go you know I thought it. it it was an, like it seemed arbitrary at first, but she goes, "You have to remember that they spent five years together. That like they were basically the only two survivors of the snap. So she spent time with Tony on the ship during uh, Endgame, and then uh, they spent time on Earth together. But they were basically the only Guardians left. Like he lost Groot, he had lost Peter, he lost everybody, you know. And uh, they spent five years together, so they really bonded. So like throughout this movie." You know, Nebula, I, again, I'm watching the movie going, this is a completely different fucking Nebula. And if I hadn't seen the other Guardians movie or any of the other stuff, I'd have no fucking clue what was going on. Here. You know, I watched the video and they were talking about, you know, um, Nebula gifting Rocket uh, Bucky's arm. And they said that uh, James Gunn did that to kind of retcon the fact that they killed off Gamora um, in the Avengers movie because it wasn't it wasn't his idea yeah. to kill off any of the Guardians, and then he has to write a story around the fact that you know uh, Gamora was killed and then brought back. Um, so then he writes he writes in uh, that Gam- that uh, Nebula gifts Rocket Bucky's arm. So then they have to kind of explain where Bucky's arm is <laughs> in the next. That's pretty- <laughs> that's pretty funny i i mean what's what's the next thing that's coming out that's gonna have them in it you, that you think i i thought there was gonna do they were gonna do another captain america uh with sam wilson as uh taking up the mantle and the winter soldiers involved in some where oh that's right they have the, that's so, oh, so many fucking marvel projects i think the thunderbolts and there's another captain america movie coming out i'm still trying to figure out if i saw the second Guardians of the galaxy which was the one where uh rocket is in prison and steals like body parts that's the first escape. one <laughs> the second one is where where peter quill meets his uh father the deity ego oh yes then then i did see it yes yes yeah, yes kurt, kurt russell yes. plays uh ego yeah, the, the the whole uh i i'm uh mary poppins bitch right <laughs> yes yes that is correct. yeah he says i'm mary yeah. poppins y'all yeah. Yeah, there you yeah, go. It's a there very, you go. It's a fish, very endearing yeah. story about, you know, how you don't get to choose your family and uh and yeah, you get Yondu, a Mary Poppins. Yeah, he sacrifices it, himself. It, yeah, it was a is a nice like father centric type of storyline where like his biological father and the and Yondu who raised uh, Peter Quill were put yeah, on, I, on yeah. in the Personally I like I like that I like Guardians too better. And I think because I just like I like Michael Rooker and uh, <laughs> um, Michael Rooker and uh, and this is the story all, all together. But anywho, 
Um, yeah. So, uh, so like, so let me ask you, you get Adam Warlock in this movie who shows up like in the very beginning of the film and he's like super fucking OP, right? Like, and then, and then like they kind of break him down in the first couple minutes, like, and then just realize he's just stupid. You know what I mean? Uh, how do yeah, you feel like, about that, Jake? Dude, he shows up and he wrecks shit. Like, like I felt bad when like Drax was getting beaten by by Adam. I was yeah, like, was I was <laughs> like scared for Drax. Like Drax is like yeah. one of the strongest guys in the MCU, and then he like he was getting beat down by Adam Warlock, and like he fucked up Nebula at, at first. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah, his intro made me go, "Oh fuck." How are they gonna deal with this guy? Because like you know, if Drax can't do, because Drax was he he walked in really fucking cocky. He was like, okay, this guy, whatever. And even Drax was getting fucking handled. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I wonder, dude. What's I thought he was here. gonna take out Groot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was fucking horrible. I mean, I think Groot ended up just being a head after that, and then he grew back the rest of his body like over the next like couple minutes. But even then, like Jesus, I know Christ. it was it was uh, like those were one of those those moments where it was kind of hard to watch this scene, you know? Yeah, because he was <laughs> because they were um, they were like fucking he was getting fucked up like it, it was fucking nuts um so then you know they and i can't remember how they get rid of him because it's been a little bit since i've seen the movie but like uh he he gets him back and that's when you learn the high evolutionary created the sovereign they're all afraid of the high evolutionary but he he handles adam warlock like it's not a real big fucking deal so like it creates this power scaling imbalance in my mind where i'm just like i just saw this guy handle like basically all of the guardians with the exception of peter who was drunk off his ass rocket Groot, and all these people and you know like but the high evolutionary is hasn't pinned up against the wall you know so it's just like so is adam warlock really that powerful like what's his power set is it just like energy um adam warlock from the comics has all this other like otherworldly power uh he has the soul stone which i think was a um after guardians 2 uh after the heimdall Cause there was a, there was, there was a, there was a, like a theory that Heimdall had the soul stone cause he was able to see souls throughout the universe. That turned out not to be true. And then they're like, well, maybe it's uh maybe they're going to introduce Adam Warlock. And then they have uh, guardians volume two where they have that motherfucker waiting in a cocoon. And so we're all kind of like waiting to see how that plays out. But then infinity war and all that shit happens in between and we don't get that. So, you know, I just, I just found it just crazy that they introduced this guy, someone super OP where he's like beating the shit What's out OP of- mean? overpowered (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i think i said a couple times this first time asking have you just been going along with this entire time (laughs) yeah until like i'm i'm thinking in my head and every time i i went op i would think opp and i'm like no i I think that's wrong so yeah there you go (laughs) thanks man (laughs) now you have it i worry about you on i worry about you i worry about myself too but i will tell you this uh you guys make me want to see the movie oh it's good it, it, it's it's really good. It is good. I still like. Guardians I've always liked Ra- Rocket Raccoon. Uh, I, I I just don't like the fact that this is the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, well, it's it's the end of the the current team. Of yeah, the that, that's of the what Sean was trying to explain to me, and I, I still don't buy it. But like I'm. I, yeah, and I had forgotten about Gamora being dead, and he was trying to explain the whole timeline and shit like that. So yeah, you know, I like that they didn't have uh gamora and peter quill like hook up yeah i <laughs> yeah i i yeah I, I like that too and i like that peter was also like not really sure what he really wanted you know he 
he wanted Gamora, I think, because he wanted a chance to say goodbye. But like, you know, uh, when Gamora goes, I don't think you're talking about me. You're talking more like Nebula, which is fucking nuts to think that like that reference would even land because like if you remember Gamora from the first couple movies you're like yeah this is a crazy bitch she like she could they completely like developed her character in a completely different in a completely different way so you know and and he then he gives her the fucking googly eyes like a second after it's it's yeah. hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like um because you have beautiful eyes he's like my father replaced them at, to as for whatever fucking reason like well he picked a good set of eyes I was, so it's just funny to watch him kind of like figure out his whole thing but I, I i but i think they did a really good job of like giving him an arc of like really kind of coming to real terms with like gamora his gamora being gone you know yeah and i liked how likable they made nebula you know like in the first movie she was kind of like uh you know you didn't like her because she was uh, like ronin's henchman and she like she did whatever thanos wanted her to do but then over the course of the uh, like the guardians movie like this the third movie she's so likable in this movie yeah and uh you know the thing is is that um you know they made her really likable and all of her character development made sense like you know like i mentioned earlier is like when you realize that like she when she joins the guardians it's in part two and then she was in infinity infinity war and then in infinity war i don't know if you guys or uh in game you know she has to fight 2014 gamora who was still with with thanos you know and um she is trying to explain to it's like well you know you guys can be sisters and she and you can see that like that gamora wants that very very that that nebula really wants that but you know she just thanos won't let her you know it's a it's a whole fucking thing so her character development was really organic i feel like and it made a lot of sense and it was fun to see karen gillian kind of get to explore the character a little bit more because like it didn't feel weird at all when she was joining in there guardians banter for whatever the fuck was going on you know yeah she looked like she had a lot of fun uh playing nebula um and you know the, the little back and forth between like her mantis and like uh drax was hilarious <laughs> yeah 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 um and, that, and so that's the other thing we haven't talked about. So, like, you guys remember, like, before this movie, it was even started filming, like, Dave Bautista. Because you, you remember, he, he like, had said he was done with the character, right? He's well, they he was going to leave the the franchise because they had remember they had fired James Gunn. They canceled him. Remember that? Yes, and they, he is the first one that was outspoken mm-hmm. about it, and then. Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt joined in, and then the rest of the cast joined in. Correct? Yeah, yeah. And then you know, over time, uh, Disney kind of realized they probably had a contract they couldn't, you know, they couldn't break, break. with him, or or they didn't want to break because they probably have to pay him more money than he would probably make. Um, you know, he was uncanceled and now directing Guardians and so on and so forth, but. You know, I think remind me again. Why was he canceled? Uh, they dug up some tweets of him saying some things that were out of pocket. I think racist or inappropriate. I can't remember. I, I thought it was homophobic, yeah, and that's that, why it that, mattered uh, uh, that Dave ba- uh, Baptista was the first one to do it because isn't his mother uh, 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 a lesbian? I don't know. I thought I thought it, it, it's something like that, and that's that's why it mattered because instead of of like siding with people and going, yeah, let's cancel it. Uh, he was the first one to come to defense and be like that. That's old shit. That's not who he is. Yeah, I, I, something along those lines, but I honestly don't remember. But you know, um, but I think that Drac got a, had a really good arc in this movie as well. He, uh, I mean, first of all, Dave Bautista came and he he was essentially Drax. I feel like, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I feel like in the last two movies, he 
he didn't wear any shirts and this one he was wearing sleeveless shirts uh basically <laughs> the entire movie because he didn't want to sit in the makeup chair that long anymore <laughs> um uh, but i think jack's had a really good story i think uh you know like you said jay he comes out in the film he's he's as cocky as ever but He's probably the wisest version of of Drax we've we've gotten to see as or as wise as Drax can be, you know. And uh, he and Mantis have developed what I think what I think like maybe uh, on the surface it seemed like a romantic relationship coming from the second movie. Um, they are really just kind of really really good friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I never I never saw them as like a romantic couple. I always like I always saw them as like buddies. <laughs> yeah and you know and again something my wife pointed out is like the reason why they probably get along so much is because uh mantis is empathic and everybody else is kind of masking some level of emotion and drax is always like 100 so she never has to worry about you know she always knows what what's really going on with uh with drax like what you know what emotion he's feeling is what he's feeling inside and out uh it, it's one of those things where like uh at the towards the end of the movie i want to say third act you know uh nebula and drax and um mantis are all having a, an argument and nebula is like everyone knows exactly how drax is and drax is like he's standing there going i don't know what the fuck these two motherfuckers are talking about and then you know it was such a such a sad moment because she goes wait you guys think i'm stupid and uh <laughs> <laughs> and um you can see because mantis knew exactly like that he actually felt bad when they said that so she made him forget you know, uh, and I was like, holy fuck, you know, that's uh, that's pretty fucking sad. Like, Drax never thought he was stupid this entire time. You know what I mean? He just thought, he must have thought he was the smartest member of the Guardian. He did, didn't well, he? I mean, wasn't there a scene? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I, I yeah how, how, how would you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about, like, from the first movies, like, when, yeah, I can't. Are you talking about the nothing goes over my head? My reflexes yes, are yes, too yes, fast? yes, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> This guy over here, you can. Are you, Thank I you. think you're our Drax. That's who you are. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Drax is Drax isn't a bad character to be. You know, like he's he's totally likable and like he he's one of the more caring characters of the Guardians. You know, it's true. It's true. He and he's he's one hundred percent honest. He's like you know, um, he's one of the he's one of the characters that whenever stuff happens, he's uh, the first one to give his honest opinion on it. He's like, uh, no, this is stupid. We should just go and do this, and they, they have to convince him otherwise, you know. Um, and in this scenario, you know, and I can't remember exactly what it did to make them go, Drax, you motherfucker, you fucked everything up. But like, it, it, it was just one of those things where like he was just doing his best and they realized that like drax was actually really good with these kids he was patient and he spoke their language and um and he was able to help them you know achieve their goal and they didn't think he'd be able to you know um and it was just it was fun to watch again uh dave bautista kind of again uh do something that you didn't actually think was in his element but i think you know i feel like dave, dave bautista as an actor has surprised a lot of people because they just kind of felt like he was going to be like uh, another dumb actor, like playing a dumb wrestler playing all these parts. But I think in every character I've ever seen him play, he's he's had a unique presence in each role. Oh yeah, honestly, like after after I saw him as Drax in the first Guardians, like I didn't know where his career was going to go because he he's he was really good and likable as Drax, and then. I saw him pop up in in the new Blade Runner movie, and it was a, it was a small cam- cameo, but he was really good in it. Wait, the, he was good in that vampire movie or that zombie movie too, wasn't he? Uh, the one, the Zack Snyder one on that was on Netflix. Uh, uh, yeah, I I liked him on that one. Yeah, and he also did that knock on the cab knock knock on the cabin movie not that long ago that in my Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I feel like you know, I feel yeah, I thought he might be typecast as like a big dumb like character, but I. I 
Good for him. Good, good for him. But I mean, you know, but Drax in this movie again, uh, solid performance. And, you know, again, uh, and I, I don't know about you guys. I don't know. How, like how keen out were you guys on like spoilers for this, for this, like, or YouTube theories from, uh, from the internet before you watched the movie? I, I didn't look up anything. So, uh, ahead of this movie, um, I was like kind of fishing, trying to figure out what people are trying to figure out, you know, the internet. And they were like, Oh, you look at the guardians logo. From the last two movies, it, it televised who's going to die. The first one was Groot, and the next one was Yondu's colors. And this one has Rocket and Groot's colors, so they're both going to die. You know, it's a whole it's a whole fucking thing. So, like, um, I mean, they both, they all had close calls in this movie, but did you guys think that anybody was going to die in this movie? I uh, I don't know. I, I was preparing myself for, for main characters to kind of uh, exit with either with a death, but like I didn't want them to die. Yeah, uh, I don't think I wanted anyone to die. I just I, I wanted I think I wanted I just I wanted some more like repercussion. Like I just feel like someone should have been injured or lost an arm or or something because I feel like it loses a lot of gravity like the um this movie was very sad was this movie supposed to come out like alongside like Black Panther I, Wakanda Forever and like I, Spider-Man no I think it, it was supposed to come out sooner but James Gunn got fired and, got and then you know they they kind of pushed back production the, the and the reason why I ask that is because um is because like this movie and the last couple of MCU movies with the exception of Ant-Man Quantum Mania have this real like tinge of like shifting of the guards and changing and everyone being sad and like changing uh dynamics that like this movie seems to fit and so like you know like well i didn't think someone people were like a bunch of people were gonna die i just thought like maybe rocket i thought rocket was gonna die for a little while but then like you know as the movie went on i was like well he's not dead yet so he's probably gonna stick around um uh i just feel like this this movie was setting up like i don't know a new mcu it's like uh god avengers i think maybe age of ultron or something where captain america was training scarlet witch and some other people and you thought, oh, it's going to be New Avengers, but then, like, the same motherfuckers came out. You know, I knew Rocket wasn't going to die in this movie, only because his backstory was so fucked up that <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if they kill him, that just it's just sadistic if they kill him after showing us how bad his backstory was, you know, and all the, the grief that he experienced. Let me just tell you that I, I always thought Rocket had a bad, like, a messed up backstory and I didn't know much about it from the comics other than like, you know, what I'd heard kind of either like from the YouTube videos that will tell you, Oh, the, the comic story in or like, uh, comics explained or whatever. Um, but the way they kind of had gone through it is just, it's very heart wrenching to watch it happen, you know, because you watch rocket, uh, a through multiple movies deny that he's a fucking raccoon he's like i'm not a raccoon and i didn't ask to be made and fuck you guys i think in one of the movies he got really fucking drunk and was like on his like fuck you guys i i didn't want to be made over and i was like holy fuck dude like someone take that guy home because he's uh he's fucking wasted Um, yeah yeah uh and then you watch all this stuff happen you know and you're just like oh shit man he he had like he had it rough for example my wife she's like it's just so sad that his first word after he was like gained sentience was pain or no, hurt. hurt. Yeah, hurts. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like the, those words came out of his mouth after he had just gotten like reassembled, and it's this little kid's like little kid's voice, and he goes, he goes, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was oh. like, like, how do you not feel that? How do you not feel that? Easy. You're a robot, like Sean. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well. I was like, fuck. All right. Well. <laughs> Well, no shit, Sherlock. She just got all cut up by the guy. And, you know, they did all these experiments 
And I, even the exposition of them, like the Guardians watching what uh, Rocket had gone through, because they go, this, and Nebula, who you know has been like tortured by Thanos, she goes, this is worse than what Thanos did to me. You know, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they, they, you saw a reaction uh, of, of the, them watching what Rocket went through, and they were like, it was cringy for them, and their reactions was cringy for me to watch. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, so you know, you watch uh, um, Rocket go through all this stuff, you watch how he gets his name, which is some, a thing that, like, for me. How does he get his name? Uh, he whipped out his dick and was no, like, fuck. Red, yeah. Red Rocket. <laughs> Red Rocket. Red Rocket. Okay, Cartman. <laughs> um, it was actually sweet how he got yeah, his name, it, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't like that. In the, I just don't like when that happens because it's like someone saying the name of the movie, like, you know what I mean, in, in the middle of the movie. Uh, but Juan, to answer your okay, question. Okay, Peter Griffith. That is, ex- anyway. Uh, but, you know, like that, that, whole, that whole scene where they were on the floor, all, all his friends, and they were talking about, like, they should have names because they, they just have numbers. And they all like gave themselves names and like, it's, it's so, it's such like a sweet moment where it's like, um, it's like a, a like a coming of age movie where like you see these kids kind of growing up and they have this moment where they're like, they're like, I'm going to be this and this. Yeah. And there's this moment with like animals, like an- anthropomorphic, like animals. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, when I get free, I'm going to, I want to be called like Lilac or Lacey or some shit like that. It was, yeah. It was Lila. It was teeth. Yeah. Floor because she was on, she the, was on, the, on the, floor. the floor. Yeah. She was on the floor. <laughs> and I want to say the one guy who wants to be called Wheels because, you know, he fucking had wheels. And the reason why Rocket wanted to be, he called himself Rocket is because he was out with the High Evolutionary. And it's a very sweet moment. And, um, and the High Evolutionary doesn't seem all that threatening in that moment but you know he has some mysterious like some nefarious shit going on but rocket sees a ship going out and he goes oh like i want to be on one of those things and he's like that's what he calls he's like that's a rocket he's like oh okay so then he just kind of uh, at that point he he adopts that name for himself like later when they're they're naming themselves um but you know uh is uh, another thing i want to talk to you guys about the high well the high evolution the high evolutionary now we watched him like manhandle adam warlock and we'd watched him kind of like go through all this stuff now um i i he's on a he's on a quest to basically make the universe perfect that's his whole mission he's he's already made successful societies of what they would call perfect genetic beings that's what the sovereign are um he's created an entire planet full of like multi-species of 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 like animals um that he that he was using so he's like taking all these species and basically like chopping away at them until he finds the perfect mix of free will and like genetic uh, perfection to have the perfect society is that is that what um is am i getting that right jay yeah he wanted to he wanted to create like a a whole like planet of like perfect um beings where it was kind of like a utopia where everyone was like perfect and they could think for themselves and which like evolve. I, yeah, but I don't know why he didn't think the sovereign were that because the sovereign were only were a perfect society, but like they had they had progressed technology, they were thinking on their own. They just I don't know, they just thought they were stupid or something. I don't fucking know. Um but one of the things I thought was very interesting about about the high evolutionary is that he was very like hell bent on creating a very specific thing, and he and like he had created this thing in, in Rocket that he was looking for, but he didn't accept Rocket as being that thing because it just didn't have the right aesthetic, right? He and so Juan to to answer your question that you're not as, as, asking, which is like 
he was looking to create a, a whole race without having to like piece them together. He wanted it to just naturally exist based on one of his inventions. But Rocket had exhibited this thing that he wanted, which was natural inventiveness and ingenuity. And um, and he learns that Rocket has this natural gift when he takes him over to this machine and he's like, why isn't this shit working? And Rocket goes, uh, I think it's because you got this thing and this thing happened. If you do it the other way, I think it'll work. And like, you know, he looks at him like, oh, you stupid motherfucker, get out of here. You know what you're talking about. And then they try it and it works. And he runs down and I don't know what what direct like what direction he was given. Uh Chudwick Watt like wackadoo, uh the high evolutionary comes down and he's like, Rocket, you have to tell me. Like, how did you know to do that? And he's like, I don't fucking know, I just fucking knew. And he's like, But I made you and I didn't know that. How the fuck did you know? Yeah, I think he was more upset that he was the creator and his creation came up with a solution to a problem that he had no he didn't have the answer to yeah but like that was the thing but that's the thing he was looking for because he's like yeah all right uh get rid of all this other shit cut that guy up figure out what make him tick and then we'll put it in the next thing well because he didn't like he had no intention of uh having rocket be a part of the utopian world because rocket and those other creatures they were just kind of like uh junk they were trial and error you know like every mistake that they were making to get to the uh to the place that they want to be they they tried out on rocket and lila and teeth and and floor they they're just like they're just kind of parts yeah but so but that's the thing okay so so here's my so here's my thing about the high evolutionary right so he's looking for this perfect being right he's like he's looking for to create this perfect being and theoretically speaking with the exception of the fact that like he had to cut together rocket to do this rocket is that thing he is he is emotionally like stable. He has compassion. He has he's inventive and smart. Uh, he just doesn't look the way that he wants it to look. Like he doesn't want it to, he's not presented in the right package for him. Which like you know which I think Jay to your point he's right. Like he was upset that this his this thing that he made it outsmarted him, and it wasn't the thing that he wanted to outsmart him. It's almost like. Because he was searching for perfection in this way, he was never going to get it because he was only going to ever allow thoughts that he could ever implant in someone's head to exist. And so, like, it would never come from one of his creations the way that he imagined it. So it's like, why why not, you know, it's just a limitation of the, the high evolutionaries that I just felt like rock, they, they, they became natural, like, arc enemies, arch enemies, arc enemies, anyway. Um, well, and then, and then he kills all of Rocket's well, friends. And- yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah because then you watch rocket do the thing that rocket does where he just collects a bunch of pieces you know they're all four but by the time they get together they do something and um and like he unlocks all the cages because he's trying to convince his his new buddies like hey guys i know how to get the fuck out of here we can get out trust me on this shit like you know we can get out of here and we, we can start our own home world because he has no intention of letting us go there and they're all like a little weary to go at first, but then like um, you know, Lila, Lilac, Lila. Lila, she steps out, and then you get like the the next fucking gut punch, uh, aside from pain or hurt, which is uh, Lila being shot. Well, you know, it's funny because like when he frees Lila, like they have this 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 moment where they hug, and it and it looks like it just looks so comforting, like the way that they embrace each other, and then like you know, she she gets shot. And you immediately feel his grief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck. And so And then and then you go back and you you look at the first movie where they lost Groot and you can understand why he felt so much remorse for losing Groot. 
Yeah. In the first movie. Yeah, because they fall out. Yeah, and and it is it. This helps connect so much of Rocket's like bipolarism because he goes from like not really giving a shit to like really only caring about Groot to like being really distraught. And you're just like, I don't really understand what the fuck's going on with him. But he's a little crazy and unstable. You don't know why. And this explains like his attachment. He's like attached. Like you, no matter how much he says he doesn't like or love these people. He is 100% attached to them, 100%. And, like, he even he plays detached, like, you know, even in uh, Avengers Endgame, where he meets Thor, and he's like, yeah, man, uh, I don't want to go near Thanos because that guy kills people. Fuck you guys. Remember that time he snapped away group? Fuck you. Let's go with this guy. He's going to kill him, you know? Um, and all that stuff just starts to click and make sense. Um, and then, you know, L- Lila gets shot, and then fucking Rocket goes apeshit on the High Evolutionary. Oh yeah, he's he really fucks his face up, dude. Uh, yeah, and then you he, he goes, goes ravenous raccoon. He does, he does, dude. If he if he yeah if he didn't think he was a raccoon, like when he <laughs> goes uh, ape shit on the dude's face, like he acted like a raccoon right then and there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, you gotta treat me like a raccoon. I'm gonna treat you like a raccoon. You know, it's like Siegfried and Royd, but uh, he went raccoon on a guy. And then, you know, he turns around after fucking up the high evolutionary and like, he doesn't have anybody. It's just him, you know? Uh, and it's just, it's sad. Cause he just, he has no, he has no choice, but to run away, you know, alone. Yeah. He lost everything in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just fucking, yeah, it's nuts. It's just sad. He scurries away like, like a raccoon. He gets to the ship and he, I don't, I don't think he's ever been inside this ship ever before and he like figures out how to fly it within the moment he gets in there yeah that, that's insane <laughs> yeah. right like he figured it out like really quick in, in fucking real time right enough so that these guys with poor shooters he can get away from them um and again so you watch all this stuff happen and meanwhile the guardians are on this on this uh this mission to save rocket and the reason why they're having so much trouble doing it is because they try to use this med pack that basically heals everything but Rocket has this like this thing around his heart that will blow up if it heals him or like tries to like study the technology that created him. Um, so they they actually get to go to like really fun places on the journey to do this. And I think one of the uh, the ones I like the most is this place. It was uh, basically a fortress made of like living tissue, and that's where I meet uh, uh, Nathan Fillion. You know, um, Star Lord has another moment where he's trying to like woo Gamora, and that doesn't really work. Uh, but they get in. And they run into Nathan Fillion and his group. And he's like, they, they do that thing where you break into somewhere. And he's like, yeah, man, I can't believe you guys almost did that. Man, we almost killed us all. And he's like, yeah, it's that guy. He's over there stupid using Drax as, as an example. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, he, he works for the boss. You know what I mean? So he, we have to let him on. He's like, I got one of those too. And he points yeah. to the other guy. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so, uh, it was so funny to watch, but you know, um they get to go there you get to watch uh drax and mantis have some more uh like fun like good moments together uh you get to watch uh star lord try to woo gamora again by trying to woo this other like random alien girl he found you know uh to get answers and it sort of works and he's like, oh, you get to watch me be charming all over again, you know? It's like, bro, I, I feel like you're feeling yourself just a little bit too much. But the thing is, the shit fucking works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, that's uh, that's, bas- that's really Star-Lord's character, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was funny to watch that. Um, and again, in this same scene, we also get to see Drax's mortality again because, uh, you know, as things do for the Guardians, they fall apart because the spacesuits they got in, they came into this, uh, this big living orifice and they are shot out into space they got to figure out how they're gonna get out um and the entire place breaks into chaos and they bring out this big fucking cannon and drax 
he gets fucking shot in the back. Oh and yeah. I was like, fuck, is is he gonna die? I'm like, Adam first Adam Warlock fucks him up and now uh and now like this fucking cannon, this is how he goes. But the guardians get out. You know, they get out, the group fucking crash lands inside the thing and, and say they all get out. Um and that's when they realize they have to go to this weird counter earth. Uh, which I've I'd never heard of before seeing it in this movie, but it's a thing in the comics, and it's basically a place the high evolutionary was trying to make better than Earth. Yeah, and and the, like the whole Counter Earth was like set in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. But the, I think the most surprising thing about it wasn't that it was set in the 1980s. It was that like he had gone through all this fucking hassle to make this perfect planet, but it was basically like Earth in the 1980s, with like yeah people dealing drugs on the corner and like beating people up in alleys and shit. Yeah, and, and they had the, uh, those old cars. With- <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and you know it's so funny because um you know i saw it I go oh, that's a really old car and it just goes it is one of the probably the funniest moments in the movie where like nebula is trying to get into this old car yeah and she can't and, figure uh, out how to open the yeah. door <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is like fucking nuts because you know if you've been alive long enough then like you, you you've seen this before you know, it's just like, yeah, you put your fucking thumb on the guy, you pull it, pull it open. Uh, and one, you haven't seen this movie, but it was like, a, I don't remember what kind of car it was, but it was one of those old cars where the, had a big fucking block you had to press in before you pull the door open. You, you remember those? Yeah. And so Nebula, this advanced being from outer space, driving a spaceship, couldn't figure it out. You know, Star-Lord, though, is in, in his fucking element, because that's like the era he comes from. Yeah. You know? Why, why are you so mad, Juan? No, I... I I feel like that was jokes that they did in the first two movies as well. How so? I I thought they had shit where um, Peter Quill like knew stuff or liked stuff because it was from his era. Well, yeah, I mean, because he he was taken from Earth in the 1980s. He kind of grew up in space and like he only remembers things that he remembers from from like a, a very limited amount of time. Like I think he was like nine or ten, so he had ten years of life experience and. Five of them probably good, you know, so like. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, yeah. He, he told he told aliens that his father was uh, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, uh, and trying to be Kurt Russell, which, you know, another. But, um, yeah, so they get in this car and they literally drive to the high evolutionaries, like, uh, pyramid, castle, spaceship shit they have over there but it's all it was all a, a ruse so um they they need this special code to unlock uh the to disarm the bomb that's on rocket's chest but it's inside of one of the goons that work for the high evolutionary and you don't really ever find out why he did it or if he ever had any actual compassion for rocket but he Literally moments before they had come to get the code from that big flying like piece of tissue in space, uh, he had taken it from there, just to erase it out of the, the records. And you don't know why he did it. You don't know why. You just know that he's the one that did it. And maybe there's an extended cut of the movie that explains it. Or maybe I fell asleep during it. I don't fucking know. But um, they, you know, Star-Lord is very adamant that it's, that it's not a, a trap. It's not a trap. If you know it's a trap, it's a standoff or a showdown or it, was some a, show. it was a face-off <laughs> face-off yeah it's it was uh, a face-off it's very adamant but you know it's it led to a very badass moment where you kind of watch Groot you 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 watch Groot like basically be fucking nuts he went desperado on these motherfuckers man um, oh hell yeah dude like he he pulled out he hid all his guns in inside of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is like probably the like the first or second like like full-on action scene that was just super fun to watch um and in this movie uh Groot is how old uh he's probably like young adult 20 ish i guess you know because in, yeah, he, he, in the last movie i saw him wasn't he a teenager yeah yeah 
Well, the last time you saw Groot was in uh, oh, was it Infinity War? Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, because so. yeah, yeah, he had he had to go to uh, Wakanda. He had to help. No, he had to help Thor get the um, his hammer. The, yeah, the the yeah the hammer that right. was made by the uh, Stormbreaker. Yeah, so he had to get. Yeah, he Stormbreaker's uh, handle is is part of Groot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this Groot is like, I want to say, yeah, he's probably early twenties Groot. Like, if I had to give him an age, dude, he's uh, pretty swole. Yeah, he's a he's fucking thick Groot, man. <laughs> this dude, like, I feel like old the the original Groot was like very like wispy and thin and like kind of a lanky guy, but this this Groot seems a little bit more intelligent and you know just bigger, like all. all all together yeah this this is the chris hemsworth of the groots <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> and um yeah so then yeah but star lord and groot have this crazy face off with the high evolutionary where he takes out all of his men and they go they find the guy who took the code and uh they literally jumped out of a window onto an exploding planet to get the code out of this guy's head while 2014 gamora is trying to fly a ship she's never flown before to get off of the exploding planet. And so, like, uh, and yeah, I think that's, like, the only other person they kill, like, in the, the MCU. Also, this movie has the MCU's first F-word, uh, which oh, ha- yeah. happens, like, yeah, earlier yeah. in this scene. Uh, which, again, <laughs> which, again, happens during that car scene, which is fucking great. Who drops the F-word? Star-Lord. Yeah. Uh, when when Nebula can't figure out how to get inside the car, she's like, I'm trying to. And she finally opens. She's like, okay, now what do I do? He's like, you get the fuck in. And like, okay, cool. And they drive to the High Evolutionary's place and um, almost die. Uh, and then amongst all the confusion, uh, they, they tell Drax and mantis hey man stay at the ship make sure nothing happens to rocket and they immediately leave uh they to to go to the same flying fortress that they're at uh and that's gamora who 2014 gamora who again doesn't know these people right there she's not friends with them she's not familiar with them uh she stays behind and kind of is snooping through all their stuff and trying to figure out like why the fuck are they trying to help this stupid motherfucker over here I don't fucking get it. And so she kind of like, as she goes through all their stuff and she adventures with them, she kind of starts to get like, oh, I, I understand. Like they, they care about each other. They're actually like a family. And it kind of gives you the inkling that, oh man, like maybe she'll, you know, maybe she'll turn around, you know, but um, like she'll probably come around. But then like, that's when all this craziness and she was out warlock shows up with a little fuzzy space dog, a new animal, new stuffed animal toy that Marvel can sell now. <laughs> and um, it's true. It's true. And, uh, this is in the same scene where I think this is in I feel like this is where Adam Warlock kind of switches sides because you you realize that like he's just really stupid, you know, and he doesn't really know like he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just being told what to do and he's doing that. Yeah, he's more like a kid <coughs> trying to figure out his place. Yeah, you know, like, because, a little, like a little boy. Yeah, and he even calls like uh, Amanda or Alicia, whatever the head sovereign woman's name is. She calls her mom, you know. And uh, in the scene before, while they're on that living tissue fortress thing, they capture a guy they're trying to get information. He's like, okay, yeah, uh, you know, entice the guy to give us information. And he fucking kills him. And he goes, I don't really yeah. feel good about what I did, <laughs> you know. Like, I don't feel good about what I did. And you're like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with this guy, man? Like, what's? But he does. He just doesn't get it. He's like a kid with you know with too much power, and he doesn't know what to do. Um, but while they're on this planet, uh, the high evolutionary destroys it because he doesn't feel like it was perfect and it doesn't meet his, his standards. Uh, you know, star Lord and, uh, Groot in their face off, you know, come out on top and he starts to destroy this planet. Basically they say, oh, I'm going to start over anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. And, um, and so in, in the middle of all that, uh, there's lots of confusion and star, they think that star Lord is on the fortress. So, uh, Nebula, 
Drax and Mantis are trying to save Star-Lord and Groot. But Groot and Star-Lord jumped off of this thing um, in order to get this information. And they're on the ship with Gamora. So now Star-Lord, again, has to figure out how to save Nebula, Gamora, Nebula, uh, Drax, and Mantis. Because they're on the high evolutionary ship, which is like basically plotted to go out in some place in outer space. And that's when they realize there's a bunch of fucking kids in here that they also need to save. Um, These kids have names, and I can't remember the name of the species. And Jay, maybe you you know what they're called? No, I don't don't (laughs) remember. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I I can't remember the, the name of them. But I know that one of them is important because she... I, something quasar something i can't remember but she has all these fucking crazy ass powers which is how she ends up on the guardians at towards the end but um you know uh they get the code they get it back to rocket they get rocket back in commission and then rocket wakes up basically and uh they realize that like all their friends are in danger and he's like all right well fucking let's let's get it together but it's not before you get like another touching scene because you think that rocket's going to die like he's heading to the white light you know and he's ready for it he's accepted it you know, he he lived his entire life with this grief of losing his friends. And, um, you know, he meets him in his bridge afterlife, like movie. I don't know, whatever you would call that. Uh, and, you know, uh, oh my God, Lila, Lila, what's her name? Again? Yeah, Lila. She's like, hey, man. Uh, he's like, I'm ready to join you guys. I'm sorry I, I let you guys get killed. She's like, it's cool, bro. It wasn't your fault. The high evolutionary is a dick. He's like, okay, well, I'm ready to join you guys now. And she's like, well, not yet. Your time is not over yet. You gotta, you gotta deal with the hands that are guiding the hands, or some bullshit like that. She said, uh, and, you know. And then Rocket wakes up, and it turns out that the Guardians are in trouble, and they need Rocket's help. Um, so they, they do as they do. They form a plan uh, that they're going to fly nowhere, which is the huge skull of the of the uh, um, the dead celestial, uh, into the pyramid thing of the high evolutionary, and they're going to take out, get out all the higher higher beings, so they get all the kids and all this stuff. And that's when, um, we already talked about it, but that's when Drax and, and uh, Mantis and, uh, damn, I keep calling her more, but Nebula have that argument, and they call Drax stupid, hurts his feelings, and but that's when they also, Nebula gets to see Drax kind of in his element of like, like, yeah, he's a little dumb or whatever, but he's actually really good with the kids, and he gets the kids to do what they need, which is move to the, the other side of the ship. Um, Rocket boots up so that he can go and have his final showdown with the High Evolutionary, and um, we get a really kick-ass, like, montage of them, like, fucking up a bunch of people in the hallway, because they unleash these things called the... What do they, what do they call them, Jay? Like, the hell, the... Like hell spawns or some shit like that, but they're basically like it seems like experiments that didn't go well. But like he goes, they might be useful. We need to fuck up a bunch of people. Yeah, I don't remember what they were called, but that that hallway fight scene was amazing. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really fucking cool. It reminded me of Daredevil season one, like hallway scene, uh, where everybody kind of gets like a one fluid camera shot of them doing some cool shit. Um, and then uh, go ahead, Jay. I I saw I saw this video where they they break down that that hallway scene. And it shows <laughs> it shows like how everyone worked as a team at that moment. And then like how Rocket was on Groot's shoulder and he was like shooting. He was like shooting people. And then, I don't know, uh, Star-Lord would toss one of them to uh, either Gamora and like Mantis and Drax were like working together in this. Like they had all these like slow motion, like splash page type of uh, um scenes in that hallway scene where it was just like wow you see the guardians like working as a as a team in and they were so cohesive together and it's just 
beautiful. It was yeah, it's like a yeah. It was a nice little dance. Yeah, and even even Gamora, who wasn't necessarily a part of the team, but like kind of figured it out super quick, which is like fun to watch. But uh, yeah, it's a fucking beautiful hallway scene. Just just fantastic. And lots of like freeze frames, like wallpaper shots uh, going on there. And and even right before then, you kind of you they even get like the reformation of of this team. Where they're like, okay, well, we're all together here. All right, guys, we can get the fuck out of here. Uh, this is 2014 Gamora talking, and they're like, no, man, we got to save these kids. I'm not turning. I'm not turning back. And all the guardians are walking ahead. You know, they all got their different shit to work through, but they are there to do the thing they're 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 there to do. And Gamora, like, all right, well, you guys are fucking stupid, but it is what it is, and she goes with them. You know, um, uh, Rocket shortly after has a uh, has a little reunion with all the the different animals in there and he learns that he's actually a raccoon you know that he and he embraces that shit yeah which is uh you know because one as you may know he, he's like i'm not a raccoon fuck you but the second he learns that he's a raccoon he's like that's fucking right i'm a raccoon fuck you guys <laughs> yeah and he was uh he's from earth <laughs> and, yeah and he's from earth yeah he's uh, he's one of our normal trash pandas that's been upgraded um i you know what i like when they were saving all the animals because it kind of reminded me of the Ending of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he was oh. try, trying to save all the the animals in the pet store that was on fire. Oh man, see this is how this is how I know we're from different generations, Jay, because uh, it reminded me of the scene in Age Ventura when Nature calls when he calls in all the animals to uh, <laughs> fuck over the the guy. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, and um, and that's the other. So the, the plan was to save the higher life forms, and and they basically accomplished that. And then the last minute, you know, um, well. Uh, in the last minute, he goes, we need to save everybody, Quill. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like bringing everything, all the animals, the horses, the fucking the monkeys, whatever was in there, that's all coming. And, um, you know, even Peter's like, I don't know, man, whatever. But this is what he wants to do. So I'm supporting my friend here because he, too, only thought he was saving those kids. He only thought he was saving those kids. Um, they get everyone off. And, you know, we haven't talked about, like, all the other characters this movie introduced, but you um, introduces Cosmo, like the the dog with telekinesis. I um, I love Cosmo the space dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has a whole side story of like being called the bad dog, and it, you know she's pissed off the entire time. And uh, it, we didn't even talk about you know um, Kraglin like trying to master his uh, his his uh, arrow that he got from Yondu. You know, you know who voices uh, Cosmo the space dog? Who who is it? It's uh, the uh, daughter of Borat in the Borat sequel movie. <laughs> oh man, I I've never I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Borat movies. I know of them. Oh, I've well, in the them. second one, he has a daughter, uh, and then that's who voices Cosmo the Space Dog. Uh, did, would I know her from any anything else? I don't know, but she has this, She has a, like, a Russian... Well, it sounds Russian to me, but it could be some, like, uh, European type of accent. I don't think I've seen any of the movies she's been in, with the exception of Guardians oh. 3, maybe on TV. Anyway, I'm uncultured that way. <laughs> Welcome um, to my world. Welcome Thanks, to Juan. That's, I don't think I can be that uncultured. But anyway, hey. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So you know, and uh, we get even my, uh, Michael Rucker makes a, a small cameo on this movie uh, because earlier uh, when the High Evolutionary releases like the Space Hounds or the Hell Furies, whatever the fuck those things are, uh, Kraglin is like trying his best to defend nowhere, and finally he gets like a the Force Ghost of like Yondu, who's like, I never fired that arrow with my with with my with my my brain or some bullshit like that he's like i fire with my heart and uh that's when you know uh, craglin has his moment where he he 
starts flying with his heart and not his not his head and he shoots up all these furies and stuff like that and um Cosmo the Wonder Dog or the the Space Dog uses telekinesis to you know to save him and he get they get called a good dog and it changes everything for him. But anywho, um, they save all these species and of course Star Lord is the last one because he's waiting for Rocket to get on the ship because Rocket's having that moment. Uh, Rocket jumps off nowhere and the high evolutionary spaceship is is breaking apart and now there's this gap which I think and I don't know if you guys have can't seen into this but there's a the there is a a debate on the internet of like why the fuck this even happened to star lord but star lord again for the second time is caught out in space without protection and this time there is nobody there to save him there's no there is no uh, rocket with a jet pack there's no uh, there's no yondu who's mary poppins y'all gonna sacrifice himself for his pseudo son it's just star lord and a big gap to get to nowhere and uh in that moment adam warlock shows up and save Star-Lord. And save Star-Lord. Now, uh, the part we missed in all this is that... Um, the entire movie? Hey, did we miss the entire movie? No. Juan? Yeah. That's what, just, so just you. The part we missed is that uh, Adam Warlock, after after the planet Counter-Earth blows up, because he loses Alicia in that movie, and in, in that scene, um, uh, Groot decides that he deserves a second chance. Because he... You know, he basically was a lost little kid. He did some stupid shit. He, like, tried to power up and, like, passed out or some shit. Uh, but Groot saved him and brought him to nowhere. And uh, because he believes that he needs, everyone believes in second chances. So he goes out and he saves Star-Lord. And Star-Lord looks fucking horrible, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he fucking survived. <laughs> I don't know how he survived. Um, but, yeah. So, um, and then Adam Warlock, he gets a second chance and he saves Star-Lord. And, and then the, the movie ends with the guardians who are kind of all going on their separate ways well Uh, and then you also hear groot say i love you guys in english (laughs) yeah 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 they they get to that last scene where everyone's kind of going you know yeah and groot says i love you now now if juan you haven't seen the the first two movies or you're not sure you have but no i i have after you yeah no i have but like at the end yeah groot says i love you guys and nobody nobody reacts like nobody react, you know, in the Guardians. They're just like, oh, cool, man. Groot's talking some more. But the audience is now, you know, we spend enough time with Groot how is that we now understand Groot language. That's 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 how this rolls. Yeah, that was, so is now, so. Maybe Vin Diesel is. It took me a, a like a, a second or a minute to kind of process that because like when he just says it, and I'm like, what the what the hell? Yeah, like what what? Hold on, yeah. And then you know um, he says it, and I go, I, I literally, I go, do we speak Groot now? Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's what I said to my wife, and and then I'm like, I guess, I guess we do. And he doesn't say anything in the post credit scenes, but you know, like it's, uh, but I, I, I think that's what it was. And so the internet, aside from debating whether or not Groot's going to speak English, they also and and whether Star Lord should have had his boots and his little mask thing with him, which I think for personally came down to two things. Uh, because like I think Chris Pratt just got tired of hiding his face in CGI, and maybe they couldn't contractually like have him do it. But they said that he left in such a hurry to save Rocket that he left him in his desk in his office on nowhere. Yeah, I, I heard that theory, but I mean, they because they they um they retconned a lot of stuff from um like the Avengers movies that James Gunn had to kind of like <laughs> write around the uh, yeah the stuff that happened in Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. That's true. But um, but before Groot says that he loves us, he we learn that Star Lord's going to go back to Earth and deal with his unresolved baggage of his, dealing with his grandpa. Um, we learn that Mantis is going to also go on her own adventure and learn who she really is because she doesn't know who she is because she served Ego, then she served the Guardian. Um, Drax 
he's going to be a dad to all those fucking kids that are, you know, now living on nowhere that I don't know are ever going to grow up, if I'm being honest with you. I think that's what he was just making a big kid species. I, yeah, I don't that, know. And then Nebula was, um, uh, what is she going to do? She's uh, she's like the mayor of nowhere, governor of like, you know, she's head of administration for sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know. She's like, I got to stay here and run the planet, but I won't have to do it alone because I'll be here with Drax, you know. Um, and Rocket's like, so wait, what the fuck, man? What was the point of all this stuff? Like the, the group, the team's over? And you're like, no, man, we're guardians forever. But, uh, you know, but people's contracts are up. So here's the deal. Um, and then we get the first post-credit scene of uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy, all in the new uniforms of Adam Warlock, uh, Kraglin, Rocket, Cosmo the Space Dog, uh, Alpha Groot. King Super Groot. Groot. But King Groot fucking Dude, beefed he, up crazy. What, like, what, what's Alpha Groot? I uh dude this like this like literally this group was like curled up like a big fucking boulder on the ground i thought like i was like oh, i guess Groot's not on the team anymore either and then fucking rocket taps him like all right let's go and uh he he fucking stands he's up he's like eight, massive eight feet tall nine feet tall like fucking swole yeah but it's insane dude um and uh i can't remember this girl's name i want to i the girl's name but she's one of the one of the kids uh who has like a purple eye and some shit like that but she has some powers that we don't know about. Um, and they, they're they getting ready for a battle. And it's so fucking easy. They're just kind of shooting the shit before it. But, you know, they they end the movie um, in the same way that the first movie started, which is with that uh, that song from um, the band whose name I will never know. The uh, Hook on the Feeling or? No. Um, oh, come and get come and get your love. Man. I should have. I should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that's what. That's how they end the song because they're all because they're all talking about their favorite music and uh, and stuff like that. And uh, then the rocket goes, "Well, this I got this classic going," and he plays it on on the Zoom yeah. that he that Peter gave him um, on like their last day, and and that's how the movie goes out. And it's just kind of you know telling us the audience that if that's it for that old Guardian set, this is the new guard over here. So the next Marvel movie, which you know I don't know if they, they it's one of those things where I feel like. You know, sometimes these MCU movies have like agendas they have to put in place, and I feel like this is one of those, those agenda items where I gotta like, I just like at the end of the movie, I just need these people to be guardians of the galaxy. And he's like, okay, cool, so I can do whatever I want, everything else, and that's kind of what I feel like James Gunn did. Um, and then last, we get our last post credit scene where uh, where Peter Quill gets back to Earth reconciled with his grandpa, and um, turns out that he's cutting the lawn or some shit like that, or he's living in his house. You know, it's it's weird, just very mundane. Then you know you get the thing of Star Lord will, will return, and you you don't know where. And then the movie's truly over. Then the movie's truly over. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's and that's Guardians. That's Guardians. Which I thought I you know I gave it when I when I left the theater tomorrow. I think this is like a uh, like a six or a seven out of ten. Um, because I think I like Guardians too better. But after talking about it, I always feel like I like it more. What we, we gotta well we gotta figure out a, a rating system. So Alpha yeah, Groots. Yeah. No, no. Um, Groots on steroids. Many? How many hertz out of ten would you give it? <laughs> oh man! Um, how, how many? I thought it was pain. Um, or, no, he says hertz. Oh, he says it hurts. Hurts. <laughs> it's it's a very sad, like weak. And, oh and, and god, and yeah. It's, and it's the first word he says. Like you, you know that he's gonna be able to talk at some point, but like the first words he says is hurt. It's sad. sad. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. Like, um. I would give it 10 sad rockets out of 10. <laughs> um, I definitely liked it more after talking about it with you, but I think I'm still, I'm going to stick. I'll get, I'll give it a almost eight, seven sad rockets out of 10. I just, uh, so a high, a high seven. Um, I just really feel like guardians two was 
better. I just like I liked. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like um, personally that like the underlying dad story was was good. The relationship forming between Drax and Mantis was uh, was good. Uh, start, I just felt like Guardians Two was a lot better. And this one, um, after talking about it, I still liked it a lot, but not better than uh, Guardians. Not better than the Guardians. But it was good. Juan, how That's about fair. you, man? Based on which everything you heard today, what would you give it? Uh, to be honest, out of all the movies that we reviewed and. Um and haven't watched and want to watch after we review it, this is probably one that I could care less if I watch it or not, even though I did like the first two movies. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> so I would probably give it a five. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm done with the MCU or I, I just don't know, to be honest. But I, I really have no well, no intention of seeing this movie until it comes out on uh, on Disney+. Plus. I don't know. I mean, as, as far as like, because when the first Guardians movie came out, like nobody knew who they were and I didn't know much about them, but I knew... I wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same here. Same here. But I think that's because it came in the hype of the MCU power. I I, think- I, I didn't see it like that, though. I, I just saw it like I knew I knew of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I know I knew I wanted to watch it because it was such an obscure like um, comic as far as like, you know, the other ones that they were doing, like they did Iron Man and Thor and and like Captain America, which were like kind of well known, but then they they threw the Guardians of the Galaxy out there, and I was like, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I I watched I I watched the first Guardians movie because it was like it was it was MCU. That's why I watched it, and I, I watched I'll watch all of it because that's just the kind of nerd that I am. But I liked it even because I didn't know anything about it, and this was like proof that like Marvel can just print their own money. <laughs> you know what i mean it was just like because i think everyone was like this is so obscure no one's gonna no one's gonna like this you guys remember you guys remember that like no, this is so obscure how, what, what the fuck and it just proved that it didn't matter really how obscure it was as long as it was a good and i think like guardians proved. yeah I, I remember like people were like oh who, what the what the guardians of the what and then i'm like I'm like, I don't care what people think. I'm going to like this movie. Yeah, and a lot. And then the, the other piece of it is that, like, James Gunn came with a lot of goodwill to begin with because people were just like James Gunn, you know? So, like, add the goodwill of James Gunn, uh, and then you add Guardians of the Galaxy, and then, then boom, you know, there you go. You got, you got this movie with three parts. I mean, the real question is, do you think a Guardians movie will ever be uh, regarded as highly as any of the Guardians films without James Gunn because now he's in DC? I don't, I don't know. Like it's it's hard to because they they can expand on the the characters that they have, but I don't think it'll be the same. It'll be it'll be like uh it'll be a nice imitation of what the Guardians were before, but it won't be the same. Yeah, I I hope I mean I hope it keeps its its kind of quirkiness, but I I don't think they'll be able to nail it as well as James Gunn because I think he just knows the characters that well, you know. Um, yeah, but we'll see, we'll see because now we got you know. Now we got uh, the DC Universe, whatever to look forward to, which I, I'll go see all that stuff. We'll see. Um, I think the first thing that he's releasing that's he written to is like Superman legacy like that. But anywho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Um, are you guys going to watch The Flash? I actually want to. Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I, I'll probably see it opening weekend. <laughs> but um, it comes out in like three weeks, two weeks. But uh, yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about before we? Uh... No, I mean, I, I honestly, I honestly love the movie. Like, yeah, I, it's a, it was a nice, uh, it, ni- it nicely wrapped up all the characters that I liked from the uh, other Guardians movie. I agree, I agree. It was, a, I think it was a good, uh, a good send off for all, all of the 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 founding characters of the MCU's Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and I think it sets up the next set of Guardians very well. 
with one mainstay, two mainstays, Groot and Rocket, and then uh, you know. So we'll see what happens. Uh, see what happens. Well, Juan, you can you can do the thing now. No, this is not one of those. No, 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 no. This is a you, Sean. Is it me? Yes. Yes, I only do the outros on the- <laughs> for crying out loud. <laughs> well, I just trying to get you some more audio, some more, uh, some more airtime in this episode. But anyway, with that said, um, with that said, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Lily. we're on we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at INCYC Show. We have our own website now at INCYCShow.com. Uh, we have merch that you can find us on and um if you haven't already please stop and take time to review our podcast on apple podcast or or on itunes because they help control the algorithm help us find more people like you until the next episode thank you and have a good night everybody when you visit our website folks uh don't forget to click on the uh peter's uh, secret recipe tab